Amen. Good morning, church. You know, it is sizzling hot in here. Thank you for our worship team. And uh, it's just always good to be together. Again, if you're visiting with us, welcome to the Northeast region of the uh, Garden State Church. And uh, I want to just ask any veterans in the house, if you could just stand up for a moment. I know we have a few here. Veterans, let's honor veterans who've served our country, served us here. We really appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, again, if you're visiting on Zoom, thank you for being here with us as well. And uh, you know, we are in a series entitled Learn From Me. That comes from Jesus's words in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. And in that passage, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And so whether you have been a Christian for decades or weeks or days, or whether you're visiting and you're trying to kind of figure this thing out and well, I want to do the God thing, I want, to, I want to do the church thing. Jesus is saying, I want you to learn from me. You know, when you learn something, you have to watch or you have to listen. You know, I've learned that people learn differently. Some people can just read a book. And then they understand what to do and then they do the things that they read. Some people are, are visual. Some people have to watch someone do it. And then they literally imitate what they've seen. And then you got those people who ask questions. And they're like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Now I get a little irritated with that, <laughs> but that's how they learn, which is good. Um, but Jesus is inviting us every single day. He is holding out an invitation. He says, hey, come learn from me. And so we are going to continue this series and we're gonna continue this study uh, of Jesus's words to us to learn from him. And in that time, I want to encourage you, as I said last week, as you read your Bible, reading with the mentality, what is Jesus trying to teach me? What is he saying to me? Because there's nothing like understanding a message and, and internalizing it and then taking it and then applying it to yourself or to your life. And sometimes we wonder like, oh my gosh, I, I dealt with that differently or, oh, wow, that actually worked. Well, just like in life, when you apply principles that you're taught, it makes a difference. Same thing spiritually. Same thing spiritually. When we take what we hear and we learn and we understand, then we are able to apply that into our lives. And brothers and sisters, friends, that's what following Jesus is all about. 
It's not just hearing the message. If you didn't do anything from what you heard last week, Satan came and snatched something away. That's what the Bible teaches. So today, I want to encourage you to hear and to understand, but to take something from what he says. Let's pray together. God in heaven, we again thank you for this time and this opportunity to come and learn from you. I pray as we read your word that we'll be inspired, we'll be encouraged, but that we'll understand your word to us and that we'll think about how do we take what we hear and apply it. We love you, God. We thank you and we pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We'll start in verse 9. All right. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax, collect tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. You know, this is a very interesting uh, passage because tax collectors were considered social outcasts. And it wasn't because they had a condition, but it was because of their profession that they chose. See, Jews who worked with tax collectors had teamed up with their Roman oppressors and enforced Rome's control. Well, how did they do that? Well, they did it by collecting taxes from their friends, from their families, and from their communities to fund the Rome, Romans, uh, Rome's interests. And then to make things worse, many tax collectors would take more than what Rome asked for. And it was a way for them to stuff their pockets. In other words, they were cheating their own people. And so while their own people were struggling to make ends meet, they were living it up. And they were uh, just totally self-centered. They would live in these gorgeous homes with all of this stuff while their people were struggling. So enter Matthew sitting at the tax collector booth. He's a traitor. He's despised. He's looked down on. And Jesus sees him. And what does Jesus do? Jesus says, hey, my friend, come follow me. And the Bible says, Matthew got up and he followed Jesus. You know, I don't know about you, but Jesus saw people different than how we see people. Jesus had a vision for this man who would eventually write a, a gospel in God's word that was inspired by the Holy Spirit 
And if there's something that you and I can learn is that Jesus wasn't concerned about where Matthew was at in his life. You know, sometimes we can think, well, I'll follow Jesus when I'm at this point, when I got this together, when I've worked on this, when, you know, all of the, 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 the stars are lined up, like, that's when I'll follow Jesus. And yet, that's not what he's looking for. He's not looking for us to have it figured out. He's not looking for us to have it all together. He's saying, I see you. I see where you're at. I see what's going on in your life. I, I see everything. Come follow me. Come get to know who I am. And it was that place where he called Matthew, who was broken who obviously was not satisfied <laughs> with all the stuff he had, with all the friends he had, there was something that was still lacking. And that invitation inspired him. Let me ask you, what's that, what's that place for you? You know, chances are that you're not at a tax collector's booth. But maybe it's your desk at school Will you keep copying off of your friend's test? Maybe it's in front of the computer at night when you're tired and you're all alone. Maybe it's with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend where no one else is around. You see, wherever that place is, Jesus sees you just like he saw Matthew. And he is calling you to get up and follow him. And that's exactly what Matthew does. See, don't wait, as I said, don't wait. Don't think, I'll follow Jesus when I am fill in the blank. It's really interesting. I remember a teenager grew up in the church he told me, he said, Russ, and he was a sophomore in high school. He said, Russ, when I get to college, I'm going to study the Bible with you. I'm going to become a disciple. I was like, okay, I'm going to hold you to that. And that was three years. I'm like, I'm waiting. So he became a college student. And I reminded him, hey, bro, you're a freshman in college. You ready? Russ, you know what, I gotta, I gotta get acclimated, you know, school is tough, next year. Okay, 365 days went by. I said, you remember what you said, right? He's like, yeah, but you know, I got into this fraternity now, and so I got busy, I've got this going on, I got that going on. You know, he's in his 30s now, married with a kid, doing great. But that mentality, I'll do it later. It doesn't come. You know, that's okay in some ways. But you know, you're going to learn some lessons in life that may be very painful because 
you don't have the Christ to rely on. And so you learn the hard way. See, when Matthew got invited, he responded. And although it may have been surprising to everybody else, Matthew was fired up. Because you know what Jesus also did? Jesus invited himself to Matthew's house later on that day. You know, and I love it how he didn't say, hey, come to church with me. Hey, let's get into the Bible. Jesus said, okay, you're going to follow me? I'm coming to hang out with you. And can you imagine that night? Tax collectors, sinners are packed into this house. And Jesus is right there at the center. And everybody's having a good time. And it wasn't this, oh, preacher's coming. You know how people act? Minister, I, sometimes I don't want people to know what I do. Because then they act different. And I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> you were cussing before, keep on cussing. Okay. Now, I don't want you to cuss. Obviously, you can learn, use other words. But you don't have to act different. You know what I love? Jesus was unlike the tax collector. But the people who were unlike Jesus really liked Jesus. You know what I'm saying? See, there was something about him that just drew people in. And it wasn't judgmental, it wasn't funky, but it was, I think, gracious. Let's keep reading. Look at verse 11. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who kept the holy law had completely missed the point. They missed the point of the whole entire Bible. And they knew it inside and out. They had forgotten something about who God was. They had forgotten what God's heart had been for people from the beginning of time. That God's heart was set on bringing people home, on bringing people out of their lostness, on helping the saved to stay saved. They had forgotten that people like Matthew were not problems to be solved, but instead people to be loved. Instead of impatiently judging, that they needed to show compassion and understanding and help bring people into a right 
a right relationship with God. Not bang them over the head with Bibles and tell them, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. And I appreciate Neil sharing that, you know, sentiment growing up, thinking the way that he was thinking. I know I could think that way as well. I'm not good enough. Yeah, I'm not good enough. In fact, if you read that entire Sermon on the Mount, here's what you need to really understand. You can't be that. You can't be perfect as God is perfect, or you can't do perfect. I think one of the things Jesus wants us to understand, you can't do it on your own. And so therefore, you got to humble yourself and allow him to help you. You have to humble yourself. You have to continually realize and admit, I can't. But God can. I can't be that, but God can. And I'm not just after some performance. Because see, sometimes we can act, we can act humble until somebody talks to us. I can act submissive until somebody asks me to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> like my wife. Now, don't get me wrong, it's okay to say no sometimes. But the attitude of our hearts, Jesus was going after the heart. And the reality is, friends, family, Zoomers, here's the reality. We can't be what God wants us to be without him without help from his spirit. We're going to continually need him. And that's what Jesus, that's what he's all about, that we're learning from him. And see, again, the Pharisees, they missed it. But I love Jesus because you know what Jesus is always doing? He's teaching. And he said some things in this passage to these Pharisees that they immediately knew what he was talking about. And he uses this phrase, he says, go and learn what that means, okay? Now here's the funny thing, prideful people don't like to be told, go learn, because they think they know, right? Now it's like, what are you talking about? Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So what was Jesus talking about? I want to take us back to the Old Testament. Hosea chapter 1. It says, when the Lord began to speak to Hosea. Hosea was an Old Testament prophet, okay? Hosea, uh, the Lord said to him, listen to this. Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her for like an adulterous woman this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the lord so hosea married gomer daughter of biblam and she conceived and bore him a son wow what in the world does this have to do with what we're talking about 
Jesus was reminding these Pharisees about God's love. God had used these prophets as what we would call object lessons. But he would say, okay, I want you to display what I'm like so that the people could understand who I am and what, what this is all about. And so these Pharisees who had known what Jesus was talking about was kind of like, oh, wait a minute, okay. And then they went back in their mind, yeah, okay, Hosea, he was a prophet called by God, married this prostitute. Uh, then he was to pursue her, love her unconditionally. Then I want you to uh, win her back because she turns her, her, her back on him and goes back to her life of prostitution and becoming a, select, a, a sex slave. And so eventually Hosea pursues her, brings her back, and loves her. It says in verse chapter 3, verse 1, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. See, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I am so glad I wasn't a prophet back in the day, boy. That would be really, really hard. But oh, Hosea's unconditional, relentless pursuit of his wife is a picture of God's unconditional, relentless pursuit of us. No matter how unfaithful you and I can be, God will always be faithful. Even though God has every right to turn his back on us, he never does. And sometimes we can think, oh no, he's turned, our back. He's turned my, his back on us. And what he's trying to do is get our attention. He's not trying to pay us back. He's trying to win us back. And sometimes we don't get it. We're like, God, why are you giving me a hard time? Why are you making it difficult? Why this person, you're blessing this one over here. You're blessing that one over here. I'm not getting blessed. And he's trying to just get our attention so that we start looking to him again. And yet, it was being missed. See, just like Hosea, who went and purchased his wife back, God purchased our freedom. God didn't use 30 pieces of silver. You know what he did? He allowed his son's blood to be shed on that cross. That's how he bought us. Again, I don't know about you, but every time I think about that, I got to stop and just be amazed. I got I, I to let that sink in. 
I am not my own. In fact, I realize and I look when I do things my way, you know, they don't seem to work out that really good. They don't, they don't really go well. Yeah, I might get what I want, but there may be some hurt people in the midst. Because our way is just not good, even though we think it's good. Well, God was trying to help and teach these Pharisees. He's trying to show them, hey, guys, you're missing the point. Here you are judging and looking at these people and looking at what they're, and you're missing the point. See, we're all like, like Matthew. Sinners separated from the love of God. All of us are like Gomer in some ways, slave to the disease of sin. But because of Jesus, we've been reunited with God. And we've been liberated from sin. And like Neil said, man, the power of sin was broken when we were forgiven and being given the Holy Spirit. And that is something that should just move us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now dwelling inside of each and every baptized believer. See, the Pharisees forgotten what mattered most. They got so caught up in the, the religious rituals, the spiritual performance, that they forgot that God's heart is for sinners and sufferers like you and I. Have you ever been trapped? in this cycle, you know? Have you ever felt like I got the checklist syndrome going on in my relationship with Jesus? You know, let me ask you, where, where have you prioritized doing spiritual things? Or I should say, when have you prioritized doing spiritual things over loving people like Jesus? Have you brought into this lie that God views, God's view of you is based on strict adherence to the Bible and getting others to do the same? So, man, if I'm doing this and I'm studying the Bible with people and I'm doing this and I'm doing all of these right things, that's what gives me confidence in my relationship with God is I'm doing the right things. I'm saying the right things. Rather, remembering, here's what makes me right before God. Not the things I'm doing. Not say, hey, see, look, God, people, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. That's great. Keep doing the right things. But it's not to earn something. It's not to say because I, you know, I, I deserve this or I deserve that. See, God loves us apart from anything that we do or don't do. His grace is a free gift based on his kindness, not a reward for the good things that you and I have done. See, to those of us who feel we need to 
earn God's grace, Jesus would say to you, go and learn what it means that God desires mercy, not sacrifice. One of the most holy things that you and I can do is this. Show mercy to others. Because that is exactly what our God does for us. That could be in your marriage. That can be in your family. That can be with your coworker. Hey, the holidays are getting ready to come up. And maybe, maybe there's some relatives you just do not want to see. Well, they're going to be there. And they need some mercy. Bible reads Luke 6, 36. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. You know, there is nothing more exhilarating than to have a burden taken off of you. Right? Let's let the weight of needing to perform fall off of our shoulders. And let's replace that with the grace that Jesus gives us. So we're not trying to earn. No, what we're doing is we're learning to accept that grace and understand how that applies to our lives so that we are so super gracious to other people. Are you with me, church? You know, this is not an easy teaching. This is not a, you know, you say it one time. And I think as I've looked back in my life, I'm like, why is this so hard for me to get? Well, because my entire life has been about prove something, right? It's been about measuring up to something. It's been about how you compare to somebody else. And because we live in this world and, 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 and there are systems in this world that you have reviews for your job, you have, uh, here's, what, here's where you fit at, or, or, or here's where you're at in the ranking. You know, it's funny, you know, I shared last week or a couple weeks ago, even in, in, in the doggone fitness trainer um, module in, in, in my little uh, uh, fitness app. You know, there's people in the class you're doing the class, and then they got this measuring bar. You're in the middle of the class. I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta speed up here. I, gotta, I wanna burn the most calories, <laughs> right? And then you're going and you, and then you get, now it's funny, cause I'm like, wait a minute, this is recorded. So that's not, they are playing with me. Here I am thinking I'm competing with somebody. <laughs> I'm competing with myself. <laughs> and you know, you get to the end and it's like, you are at the head of the pack. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, this is just terrible. <laughs> but that's what we can do, right? God's, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want you to live that way. So I got a few questions for you to think about. This is something to consider. As I said before, 
What are you taking away to apply to yourself, to your life, to your marriage? Why? Because Jesus wants us to learn something. So is there an area of your life where you are choosing your own comfort over entering into the mess to truly love the people around you? Secondly, is there a relationship? Think about it. Is there a relationship where you are withholding mercy from someone because it makes you feel like you're in control? Because they're not getting it. They're, they don't deserve your mercy because they're not measuring up. The last question, is there a place of pride in your heart that you need to confront? You know, this is a good one right there because you know what pride, pride wants to say, look at what I did on my own. I didn't have any help. Nobody, nobody, because if I don't do it, ain't nobody going to, you, you hear that kind of attitude? Is there, is any of that in there? See, Jesus is trying to help you and I to really realize we can't do this on our own. And the quicker and the more we admit that, it's gonna cause us to depend on him for everything. And that's where we wanna go. That's where we wanna be. We wanna learn from him. Whether we're reaching out to people or, or whether we're the ones that, that are serving and giving and showing that mercy, we wanna be able to keep going back to the source. Why are you doing that? Well, because Jesus said this, because Jesus did that, because Jesus's thinking and his attitude was like this. And that's coming from you spending time with him. And now you're making these decisions based on what Jesus said. Not what the preacher said, not what the life team leader said, not, not, not what somebody, you know, grandma or whomever. Jesus said it. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. This morning, I want to encourage us to learn from him. Amen. You know, next Sunday, we'll be at the middle school. Church, this is, that would be our last sermon before Sari and I go on this sabbatical. I, I want to just thank the church for who you've been for us. Now, don't, it's not some going away speech. We're taking a little break to learn from Jesus, right? <laughs> Rest, right? Amen. But the reason I'm saying that is because I, I just appreciate our eldership and the, the senior leadership for just the consideration and realizing now we we really need this and and you need it because what i'm super excited about is how the church is going to step up and do what maybe it's not doing right now and you'll see a lot of different people doing different things because we're the body of christ 
And we got to continue to keep learning. And guess what? Maybe you may not be as involved and you say, hey, I need to get more involved. Great, because we need you to be involved. If you've never taught before, oh, please go sign up and teach. You've never helped it with AV or breakdown setup. Get involved so that you can continue to be a part of helping people. But I'm going to tell you the biggest thing people need is what God's taught you in your life. We need so many more people helping other people in their relationship with God. You may say, man, I, I, don't, I don't know the studies. That's okay. Just open up your Bible and read it. And it'll do the rest. But more people need to learn. God desires mercy not sacrifice. So let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer, and then we'll be done. Lord, thank you again for this time to, together today. Thank you for, uh, again, the things that we've sang, and thank you for your word. I pray that you help us to follow Jesus. Help us do what he does. Help us say what he says. And Father, help us be willing to go wherever he goes. I pray that, again, you open the eyes of our hearts that we take what you say and that we put it into practice. Not because we have to, not because somebody's gonna ask us, but because we're following Jesus. We love you and thank you. And it's in his holy name we pray, amen.